December 12th. For there's no sense in believing what's right unless it leads to helping people in the distress. When Papa came home from work on December 11th, Mama and Joachim jumped on him as soon as he came into the hall and immediately started to talk about the girl who had disappeared. Have you found out what her name was? asked Joachim. Let me in first, complained Papa. Yes, she was called Elisabeth, Elisabeth Hansen in fact. It happened in December 1948. Mama had dinner ready, so they sat down at the table. I went into the bookshop as well, continued Papa. I went into the storeroom with the bookseller. Mama looked astonished. Why? And there he found the photo that the flower seller had once put in his window in exchange for a glass of water. I have it in my briefcase. Papa put the picture on the table. Joachim snatched it and Mama leaned over it to look. It showed a young woman with long, fair hair. Around her neck she was wearing a silver cross set with a red stone. She was leaning against a small car. At the top of the photo was a large dome. At the bottom was written Elizabeth. Hmm. No last name, said Papa. It's not exactly an unusual name, but it's in Norwegian. In many countries, Elizabeth is spelled differently. Mama looked at him. So you don't think she's Norwegian? No idea, said Papa. But look at the photo carefully. The dome in the background is St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. She's standing on the street that leads to St. Peter's Square. The car dates from the end of the 50s. I feel almost scared, whispered Mama. What are we getting mixed up in? Papa put his elbows on the table. Yes, it's a mystery. But there's no reason to believe that the girl who disappeared in 1948 is the woman in the photograph. He was staring in front of him. He wasn't at the market, he said. Who? You're talking in riddles, said Mama. The flower seller, John, the man with the glass of water. I'd give a lot to talk with him. There's one thing we can take for granted. He made this strange calendar. Now he's disappeared. Joachim was thinking about everything so much that he wanted to go to bed early. Then it wouldn't be so long before it was morning again and he'd get to know more about Elisabeth Hansen and the angel Ephiriel. When he woke up on December 12th, Mama and Papa were in his room before he had opened his eyes. That was unusual because it was Saturday and Joachim was usually up before the others. You're the one who opens the calendar, Joachim, said Papa. It was obvious that he would have liked to open it himself. The picture was of a man in a red tunic. He was holding a large sign. Mama and Papa sat on the bed. Joachim began to read the paper that had fallen out the calendar. Quirinius. The five sheep had crossed a ridge and were running down into fertile farmland. A muriel fluttered around the little flock, and after the sheep and the syrup came Jacob and Joshua, Caspar and Balthazar, Ephiriel and Elisabeth. They passed Lake Piel, and then several more lakes. The biggest and most beautiful was the Lake of Geneva. It glittered so much that it looked as if a piece of heaven had fallen down to earth. Only when Elizabeth looked up and saw that there was no hole in the sky, she was certain that the picture of the sky in the big lake was only a reflection. 
Again they followed an old road alongside a river in the deep valley. Ephiriel told them that the river was called the Rhone and that all the water it carried with it from the Alps ran down first into the lake of Geneva and later right down to the Mediterranean. They ran across an old bridge to the other side of the river and stopped in front of a monastery called St. Maurice. There were high Alps on every side, with snow on their peaks. The time is 1079 after Christ, said Ephiriel. The monks have lived here among these tall mountains, praising God and his creation ever since the 17th century. The monastery is built around the grave of the holy St. Maurice, who was killed here in the valley in the year of 285 because he refused to worship the Roman gods. He had just finished speaking when a monk walked out of the monastery. He greeted them with a slight nod. Gloria die, he said. And the same to you, said Elisabeth, even though she had not understood what the monk was saying. She felt that someone ought to answer him. Only then did the monk notice the two angels. He kneeled on the grass and said, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Clearly they weren't used to angels visiting the monastery, though it was so high up in the Alps that it was almost the nearest neighbor to the angels in heaven. Imperial rose half a meter off the ground, flew toward the monks, gently beating his wings, and said in a voice soft as silk, Fear not, don't be afraid. We are only going on a short journey to Bethlehem to greet the Christ child. Then King Caspar of Nubia strode up to the monk, he said. Peace be with you and your monastery. As the angel had said, we are on our way to the Holy Land to pay homage to the king of the kings in Bethlehem, the city of David. With those words, they set off again. They came to a little place called Martigny, where there was an old Roman theater. The Romans used this route over the Alps too, explained the angel Ephiriel. Much later, Napoleon crossed the Alps with his army. To Bethlehem called Joshua, and they sped up toward the high mountains. The air was so thin and so clear that Elizabeth had to ask herself if she was on the way to heaven. A few times they saw a mountain hare, a marmot or an alpine goat. Up in the sky, crows and vultures circled, and now and again a grouse started up from the bushes. At the top of the mountain pass stood a large house. The year is 1045 after Christ, said the angel Ephiriel. That house is a hospice. The monks who live here are to look after people who are crossing the Alps. It's brand new and has been built by Bernard of Monton. At this time, and even in your time, Elisabeth, the Benedictine monks, live up here and organize rescue missions for people who get lost in the mountains. They are helped by the clever St. Bernard dogs. Right, said the Cherub Muriel, for Jesus wanted to teach humans to help one another when they were in distress. Once he told a story about a man who was on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was attacked by robbers who left him half dead at the side of the road. Several priests passed by, but none of them bent down to help the poor man who was in danger of losing his life. Jesus thought there wasn't much point in their being priests if they couldn't even be bothered to help a fellow human being in distress. 
they might just as well forget all their pious prayers. Elizabeth nodded and Zemuriel continued. But then a Samaritan came along, and Samaritans weren't very popular in Judea. It was because they had a religion that was a little different from that of the Jews. But the Samaritan was compassionate and helped the unfortunate man so that he survived. Yes, indeed, for there's no sense in believing what's right unless it leads to helping people in distress. Elizabeth nodded again and hid the sheriff's word in her heart. At one point where the path forked, a man was standing with a large sign in his hand. He was wearing a long red tunic. At the sign was written, To Bethlehem, in capital letters. An arrow had been drawn as well, to show which route they should follow. A living road sign, exclaimed Elizabeth. Ephichiel nodded. Verily I say unto you, that road sign must be one of us. Muriel was so excited that he flew right up to the man and shouted at him, Fear not! Fear not! Fear not! But the man with the sign was not the least bit afraid. He took a step towards Elizabeth, offered her his hand and said, Congrat! No, no, that wasn't quite correct. I mean, at your service, my friends. The very first thing I must remember is to say my name, because I, too, have been allowed to take part in this Advent calendar. My name is Quirinius, Governor of Syria. Attractive appearance. Closer acquaintance desired. Well, well, the most important thing is, of course, to be good and kind. Dixi. Elizabeth couldn't help laughing. He talked so oddly. It was as if there was two people talking at once. For he interrupted himself the whole time. He handed her the sign, which he had perhaps been standing and holding for an eternity, with the wind flapping his tunic. He said, and this, if I may, have your attention, my friends, for here I have the icing on the cake, and this prize is for you, Dixie. The sign is for me, said Elizabeth, in astonishment, and Quirinius replied, only the one side, I mean, you have to turn it around. You understand? Dixie. Elizabeth didn't understand why he said Dixie all the time. It sounded like the name of a dog or cat, or there were none inside. But the angel Ephiriel whispered that Dixie was Latin and meant that Quirinius had finished speaking. Elizabeth turned the sign around and saw, to her great surprise, that what she was holding in her hand was an advent calendar with 24 doors. Covering all the doors was a picture of a young woman with fair hair. She was standing in front of a church with a large dome on top. The first twelve said Quirinius, I mean, you may open the first twelve doors, for we've come exactly that far on our journey, Dixie. She sat down on a rock and opened the first door. Behind it was a picture of a lamp. Behind the next door was an angel and behind the third a sheep. Then there were pictures of a shepherd, another sheep, a king of the Orient, a sheep, a shepherd, a sheep, a cherub, and another king of the Orient. Elizabeth saw that these were pictures of everyone who had joined the pilgrimage on its long way through Europe. But who was the woman? Thank you very much, she said. Quirinius shook his head. On the contrary, you're wrong about that. Uh, you don't need to say thank you. I do. I thank you and the others here for allowing an old Roman like myself to join this godly group, which is 
on the right way to Bethlehem. After all, it was not I, in fact, it was you uh, who set off first after the delightful lamp. Dixie, Dixie, Dixie. Elizabeth looked up ethereal and laughed. But you haven't opened the twelve store, said the angel. Elizabeth opened the twelve store, and now she was looking down at a tiny picture of the same calendar she was holding. And here, too, there was a picture of a fair-haired woman in front of the dome of a big church. Rioja struck his shepherd crock. To Bethlehem! To Bethlehem! How far is it to Bethlehem now? asked Elizabeth. Not very far, said Ephiriel. They sat looking at each other. Then Joachim began to laugh. I hope Quirinius is going all the way to Bethlehem with them, he said. Mama and Papa examined the thin piece of paper. He's brought the young woman in front of St. Peter's Square into the story of little Elizabeth today, said Papa. And then he's made a little advent calendar inside the big one, said Mama. Do you think there's another calendar inside the little advent calendar, asked Joachim. Who knows, said Mama. Who knows?